I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined, as ever, by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, ready for another good week? We're going strong like usual. Yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit heartbreaking that Ches Reeve didn't get the job done yesterday. What, what was really frustrating is, like, Keegan showed why he's never converted, until this point, a 54-hole lead. Um, just leaking oil on the back nine, and... Chase could have been anything under par on the front nine and probably would have put the pressure on enough to, to win, I think. Yeah, he, he, Keegan wanted to blow it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, whole time I was watching, I was like, he wants to blow it so bad. Just someone give him the chance to do it. Like, Keegan Bradley, for some reason, I cannot explain it. I don't know if it's just the time that I got into golf, betting more, whatever, whatever it was. Like 2008, 2011, I was 18, so like he won the PJ Championship that year. It must just be something to that. Like, he's legitimately one of my favourite golfers. And I was rooting so hard against him yesterday because of Chez. And like, no one, no one challenged him. Even like Cantley when he got close, just blew it. Like it was just, it was just weird. Like, and then like, Zach Blair comes second. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Like why? Like I don't get, like how we, like I take great pride in the fact that we know a lot about golf. I don't know how you pick Zach Blair. I saw someone did, by the way. Like I think it was Golf Betting Club. Like shout out to them. I don't know how you pick Zach Blair. Like there are some, yeah, a lot of a lot of things with this just don't make that much sense. I mean, even Keegan. I know he's been great at the Travelers before, and sadly, I was on him when he was in the final group with Chez and lost. Yeah. So this time he was in the in the final group with Chez and won. Um, but I mean, he wasn't playing that great coming into the week either. No, like I think I think the only thing with him is like. Once the real best players, I guess, were out of the mix, he's one of the more consistent, I guess. Like, you look at it and he's, like, top 35s in recent weeks. But, like, yeah, he hasn't had... The, since the second at Tory Pines, he's been 10th at the Bay Hill, and it's been pretty much nothing since then. It's it's pretty weird. And what is he, a two-time winner this season now? Um, probably going to be in a Ryder Cup team. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Uh, if I was a European, that wouldn't really bother me too much. I think um, the further we go, the more... <laughs> Uh, it's looking like they're looking okay. I, I like the European team this year. And I, I have a question for you, actually. Hmm. Is Can Ludwig, they're not going to make the right pick, but could he, he's not a DP World Tour member, is he? So we, me and Sky were just talking about this on the Mayor Media Network. I don't think he can at the moment. Like it, I'm assuming they'll figure out a way. I'm guessing they'll play him in enough events. Because I think he's only got to play like three events to get membership. So I'm assuming he'll just get invites and play with him to get a membership. But, well, the Scottish will count. Yeah, so he played the Scottish, which is co-sanctioned, and then I guess he'll get... Does the Open count? Yeah, the Irish Open, Wentworth. Like, he'll get invites into those and then get a card, I guess. But I don't think he's going to get in anyway. Like, I think it's probably just one too early. Um, But no one else is really taking it. I I think there's two teams that the US could put together and and give us a a go. I mean, I I think Europe would beat the second one, but... Like you, you've got Keegan, Denny McCarthy, Wyndham Clark, all these people on the bubble. They, they'd all get in the European team. They would, yeah. I so, guess it's going to depend on how they set it. I mean, if they set it up like they set up the Italian Open, then Europe's in trouble. But they're going to have to set it up a little bit differently. I just don't know how he can. Like it's just that, like the course itself is just too Americanized. 
Yeah. And I keep saying this, like it's pretty boring to people that have listened, but like we need it to be Americanized for our best players to prosper. Yeah. It's like, not. It, yeah. Like Rory, Hovland, Rahm don't benefit from a European tight track. Yeah, it's not Polter Stenson crew anymore. No. And like maybe the Lowry's of this world, but Fitzpatrick's now a big hitter and doesn't really like, and he's been terrible at Ryder Cup anyway. And then I guess Rose is probably the only one that's going to be on that team that is that throwback to that that kind of thing. Yeah. You've got no Westwood, no Casey, no Polter, no Stenson, no Molinari. Molinari, like it's not that team anymore. Hatton's a you know, American player now, really. So the, the benefit is that we're getting players playing better golf and more consistently on the PJ Tour, but the negative is that we're not... No, I don't think we have an advantage course-wise anymore. I, I think that's mm-hmm. gone. So it just depends who's going to play well on the week, which is which is fine. That's what you want it to be. Um, but yeah, you're not going to get a like a uh, Le Paris, like Le France National, wherever it was, uh, because... You don't get the the Molinaris and Fleetwoods giving that kind of difference anymore, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, on to on to the Rocket Mortgage. This is probably the hardest event this season for me. Like I've spent all day trying to make picks, um, and I'm still not 100% happy with them in terms of betting. I think I'm still going to revisit it a little bit. Um, but some pretty compelling sort of information that we came up with. Uh, recently, just before we came on, I think there's a correlation between the Texas Open and this match. Like we, we looked into it before we came on. Uh, Neiman was tied fifth here, sixth at the Valero. Brian Stewart fourth at Texas Open, fifth at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Snedeker fourth and sixth at the Texas Open. I don't think he's ever been worse than 25th or 35th, one of the two. He was fifth here. Uh, Patrick Reed second at the Valero, fifth here. Jungali fifth, eighth, and ninth at the Valero, fifth here. Ryan Armour, fourth here, sixth for the Valero. Hadwin, fourth at uh, the Valero, fourth here. Merritt, second and eighth here, fourth at the Valero. And then even people like Brandon Hagee and Norrin, who have very you know small sample sizes, 17th for the Valero, sixth here, 15th Valero, fourth here for Norrin. Um, then you just look at last year. Um, it, it's pretty wild, I think. Like you look at the 2022 one, and it's just full of like, your Charlie Hoffman's and your JJ Spawn, who's won the Texas Open. Um, Wyndham Clark, Matt Wallace was third behind uh, Spieth in the Texas Open. Wyndham Clark was 20th in the Texas Open. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely something there for the Texas Open. Um, and then the other one was this Knoxville Open on the web.com tour, which I think Steve Rawlings pointed out on Betfair originally, but every single time I've looked for this kind of Texas Open and Rocket Mortgage crossover, they nearly always play one well in this Knoxville Open and the Corn Ferry Tour as well. So I'm not necessarily got all the names for you on that. Like it's backed up a couple of my picks, but if you're looking for some players and maybe want a, what's the sort of word I'm looking for? Like a deciding vote. Um, I, I would particularly look at those two courses if you're trying to choose between two players, I think. Yeah, I mean, we went through it before uh, we started recording, so a lot of it, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm kind of struggling a little bit, too, looking for guys here, because it seems like that the, the odd range that I usually, you know, we usually like to look at a lot, and between that, like, 20 and 60, 70 just falls off a cliff so fast, and it's hard yes. to get behind some of these players who are priced this way. Yeah, it's dead. Like, I, I think, and the trouble is as well, is that, like, there's not a standout at the top. So when Bryson won here uh, in 2020, he'd, like, come off, like, 
six or seven top eight finishes. Then he went on to win the US Open. Like he was legitimately one of the best players, if not the best player in the world at the time. Tony Finau had just won the three M Open, came into here. And now you've got Ricky Fowler and Tony Finau as joint favourites. Both of them, you know, playing okay, but not standing out. Like Fowler's obviously playing the better, but just not getting that win. Morikawa's at one for two years. Max Homer's gone off the boil. Justin Thomas showed life last week. And then it comes down to Hideki, who I think we'll, we'll come on to as we get into the range. But that that's your kind of top of the market. And it just feels like any one of those could win, but it's hard to sort of plant your flag to one of them. Yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a very strange event. So I've, I've been trying to make sense of it too. So hopefully we can kind of figure it out as we go. Is this an event where you have to factor in putting more? Uh, I know it's I know it's been said that it is, but to me it's like it's just so hard to predict from week to week. You do look go look at the last two year leaderboards um, here, and it, all everyone in the top ten has gained like at least three strokes putting. Uh, but the question is, how do you predict when someone's going to gain strokes putting? I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, I think there's I think it's pretty easy, which is going to be funny when I come on to kind of some of my picks. It's pretty easy to pick out the ones that can't putt very well rather than the ones that can. But Nate Nashley second in strokes game passing when he won. DeChambeau first. Davis 22nd. Finau 15th. Like, if you can get someone in the 15th to 22nd range, I feel like that's relatively easy to pick. Um, you've got you've got people like you know like Ches Revy, for example, was on a you know nine event run of gaining strokes on the green. Like that sort of thing sticks out. But when I looked at just like the strokes uh, the strokes game putting stats, like no one's doing it consistently. So it's just. It's really hard. I think Justin Sir was like the standout putting option. Um, right. It's tough. But then, and then you get the, but then you get the whole narrative too. And it, I guess it's not a narrative because it's come to fruition that the Bombers play really well here. You got the Cam Davis, Bryce, and Finau. So yeah. how many guys are really great putters and great drivers? Well, it feels like the Wyndham Clark model, isn't it? Like if you could just duplicate Wyndham Clark, Cam Davis, and, and get a bunch of them. But then you just got to look at all the people that finish like second or third, and it's just somewhere uh, you can't. You can't rule out the the Kisner Redmond type players. Like yeah, Jaeger. Just, it, it's it's a really I, ultimately it's just a really easy golf course where I think and this is why I'm a bit wary at the top of the market is where the best players should lose their edge because it becomes a bit of a passing contest. But then when you look at it, like every every single time I think I've made a narrative like oh the best players going to lose their like edge, then you look Tony Finau beat Patrick Cantlay and Cam Young. Cam Davis beat Joaquin Neiman, Bryson beat Matthew Wolf. Like other than Lashley beating Redmond, it's been pretty consistently top of the market. I know Davis was like 125 to one, but he's one of the best drivers on tour. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really hard. Let's let's just instead of making excuses as to why we're not going to find the right players this week, let's let's find them. Um, <laughs> Tony Finau 10-9, Colin Morikawa 10-6, Ricky Fowler 10-4, Max Homer 10-2, Justin Thomas 10. Could you just pick the lowest own guy and just go with it? Um, you could, uh, but I don't really think. Eh, I mean, to me, I think Ricky's probably gonna be the highest. I'm not gonna play home. I don't care how low owned he is, and I, that's what I said last week, and I'm I'm fine with how that turned out. Um, Finau as the most expensive. I think he's the guy you could really take a chance on because I don't think he's gonna be incredibly popular, uh, and he won this thing for a reason. He's just not playing that well uh colin i'm i was out last week i'm out again this week 
even though I know he might make a, you know, it might be kind of the contrarian play this week where last week he was popular. So he was easier, easier to fade. But to me, it's like Fowler is the guy who I has the highest floor, which is he, crazy. He's the one that I think can win. Like yeah. of, of that group, I think he's the one that's most due a win. It feels very much like Jason Day at the, was it, where was it that he won? Byron Nelson? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like that, right? Like it feels like Ricky's finally going to get his due. So I can't bet him at 14 to 1. And I'm assuming he's going to be the most popular here as well in DraftKings. So it's really hard to it's really hard to play him. I, I just I have no confidence in Colin, despite the fact that he rallied up so well in the second round. Finau, like you say, he's not. I guess Finau, there's a little bit of hidden form, like he's been higher placed for the middle of events and kind of dropped off. So maybe he's the one just because he's got the history. Yeah. Um. Would, would you rather just avoid the? Do you think there's a case to just avoid it and just bunch up with the kind of nine and eight k guys? I do think that's completely reasonable to do. I don't think it's a guarantee that one of these guys is going to be, you know, right there. Um, JT, I think people are kind of starting to come around and that he might play well. I, I don't mind JT this week. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it was a flash in the pan? I mean, he gained, he was led the field in approach last week. Is he, is he back or was that just kind of a one-time thing? Um, I'd like to know why he was just suddenly so much better. Yeah, me too. Like, like what, like if it came out that he's, changed his swing or whatever and it's finally bedded in but he just suddenly gained a load on approach um to be fair like he hit his irons pretty well at the heritage and and the, the world's fargo it's just he was bad with them at the us open he was mediocre with the memorial his off the tee game was terrible at the us open like everything was terrible at the us open i don't know like is he just playing a little bit better than we gave him credit for in the first place and like He's so good that like fourth, tenth, fourteenth, and ninth is his version of broken. Yeah, I don't think it was as bad as people wanted it to be. I think it's just more of the fact that he hasn't won in a in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'd probably rather go to him here than some others, especially if he's not going to be as popular as you know I might think that he eventually could be. But if I had to rank these guys, I and I, I'll still play Ricky. I still think you can play Ricky even though he's going to be popular, as long as it, it stays like in the twenty twenty two percent range. I think it's fine. So I can't lay last week like. Yeah, we we knew he was going to be popular, but he also was the best play, and it still yeah. worked out fine. Uh, I feel like Thomas can't get to 2,500, no, which I mean, is weird because he's got to 2,600 to win the CIMB, 2,700 to win the Sony Open, 2,300 to win the CIMB, 2,500 to win BMW. Like he, he has done it, but the, the newer version of Justin Thomas is 1,400, 1,300, 1,400, 1,500. Like, has, he ch- like, has he changed, or is, that just, is it just coincidental? Um, let's see. I think, I think it, it hasn't changed really looking at right now, the last 24 rounds birdie or better, he's 54. So it's not like he's just making a bunch of birdies and then bogeys to cancel them out. He's really not making as many birdies as he, as he once did. So this, I mean, the numbers bear out that he really isn't making too many birdies. So I think I agree with you. It's tough. Like you can't, you can't come into this and not be making birdies, but, and that 54th is probably bolstered by the fact that he made a bunch of them two rounds ago with yeah, I exactly. Yeah. So, I think it's Fowler and and not much else for me in the tens. Um, I agree. Tom Kim, what do we do with him? Um, won won the Wyndham, so you got the the Donald Ross thing. Um, he still struck the ball pretty well last week. I think he was actually right up there in terms of approach again. Um, 
he's starting to get hot. I think. I think he's really starting to round into form. He was bad for a while, and I think he's he's kind of getting back into it. Um, with that but, being said, he's overpriced. I feel like. Is that a good thing, or is it not going to affect his ownership? I, I still think he'll be relatively moderately owned. I don't think it's going to be too high or too low. But um, we know he is. This is in his wheelhouse. Twenty under at the Wyndham, twenty four under at Shriners. Like it's it's perfect for him. Um, even like on the Asian tours and things like that, like he was a low shooter. So it's perfect for what he wants. I just I don't, I don't think there is negative with Tom Kim. I actually do like him. Like he's won the Wyndham. It's a, a Donald Ross course. He hasn't played the other things I wanted to look at. He finished seventh in this event last year. He he, he seems to be back like fourth and seventh in approach the last two starts. Is is his off the tee game? going to be a problem because is that going to cap whether he can win or not because he's not long enough i mean i don't think so right troy merrick could have won um you look at the leaderboards there, there are those guys that are in there i the off the tee thing i think is important but it could also be over overstated this week um, well you can you can also gain what people like do get sort of carried away is you can gain these strokes through accuracy as well right like i know it's yeah. easier to gain it through distance but if you look at some of the best off the tee players at the moment, like Aaron Rye is gaining plenty of strokes off the tee. He's legitimately like a short hitter. So I don't think it necessarily has to be through distance. It's just Doug Gim's off the tee game is really good at the moment. He's not a long hitter as far as I know. So it's, yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely a case of you need to be good off the tee, but I think it's easier to be good off the tee here as well. So it kind of all balances out, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So Tom Kim, I like, and then I like Hideki. Like I love Hideki. Last 15 weeks, he leads approach and tee to green. Uh, he is of the top sort of players who I consider top players in this field. Um, he's the one that's played this, you know, 13th, 21st. He did withdraw in uh, 2021, but that's just Hideki. That's just what he does. Um, I, I think he can win this. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I bet him. He was. Uh, I bet him this morning. Uh, he's of the of the top. He's a guy I can actually picture winning, um, and his numbers are trending. Like I feel confident playing and betting him because he's gotten progressively better in in terms of finishes, and now his stats are backing it up. So it makes me feel better about the health questions that we kind of had before. Um, I, I love Hideki. I'm gonna be playing a lot of him. I think he'll be popular, uh, but I know I, I think it's a it's a pretty good um, spot for him. Yeah, like, I, I just I I agree. Like I think the concern is gonna be can he make enough putts and that's going to be the case with basically everyone, right? You, you can't you can't look at someone and go like they're definitely going to make all the putts they need to make. It's just difficult to do. Like he's at the start of the show. So, what about Keegan going back to back? Just to um oh, build on. real quick off off what you just said, like Hideki gained seven point five strokes putting when he won the Sony Open in twenty twenty two. Did anyone think? How do you know when it's coming? Yeah, like it, it's ridiculous. Like Keegan just gained eight strokes putting. Yeah, he's and he's been a good putter this year. And, and speaking has. of him, can you go back to back? Uh, no. Won the Byron Nelson, then the PJ Championship in 2011, like relatively close together, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think he can, but like it, it just feels like one of those weeks where it's really hard to be confident about anyone. And why not? I, I mean, I, I don't think his nerves would hang up for another Sunday in contention in terms of winning it. But you know, he's played three of the last four years and been okay like it might just be a play because people are scared about the back to back thing 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, just because I don't think he can win doesn't mean he can't play well. Um, but I do think, you know, the whole hometown, whatever you want to call it, emotional thing was pretty big. Um, I, I won't be playing him. No, fair enough. Cam Davis, too expensive? What did he do? What has he been doing? I know people kind of liked him a lot a couple weeks ago, and then all of a well, sudden he, he... he was good a couple of weeks ago, and then he's just gone back to not being very good. Like, I think that's the, the issue. Like, he was 33rd at Travelers, but... He gained around the green and off the tee, bad in approach, bad putting. He hasn't gained strokes in approach for the last three three starts. He's only gained in one of the last three starts off the tee, and that's his bread and butter. So it's hard to be confident about him, despite the fact he's obviously won the tournament before. Yeah. Like he's um, gone miscut, miscut first, 14th for this event, and I could just see it being in between the 14th and the miscut. It, yeah, it could be. It could. And. Even when he won, he got pretty fucking lucky too. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's not convincing, is he? Like, it's just I don't trust him. I mean, I don't trust basically anyone in this now nine or eight k range except for Hideki and Tom Kim, but him, you know, more so than others. I wish Hideki was more expensive. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think Tom. Should, why is Tom more expensive than Hideki? It's just it's just name value at this point, isn't it? Like. Everyone loves to play Tom Kim, so they want people to... I, don't know, I mean, I don't sit there making the prices up, but I guess they're just going, oh, we know people are going to pay this prize room. All three of those Asians are going to be pretty are going to be pretty popular, those three guys in a row. So if you if you, if you you like Keegan, I think that's a, probably a good move. If you like Harris English, I think it's a good move. Um, how about Brian Harmon, who is... Yeah, I like, I like Harmon. I, Me too. I, I think he's going to be overlooked because he's got a couple of missed cuts at this golf course. Um, and the fact that people generally don't expect Brian Harmon to, you know, put bats back events together. But it's not like he won or was even in contention, really. Like, he just got hot towards the end to show that he's playing well. And when you look at it, like, he's gained strokes on approach in five of his last seven events. He's gained with the passer in the last four. He's gained around the greens three of the last four. His off the tee is slightly concerning, but this is Brian Harmon. I mean, what, like, what do we expect? So if we're just thinking about people that play well at the Wyndham, well, he's one of them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of like him. I mean, this is a guy you worry about off the tee, but he's won at the World's Fargo. That wasn't quite a hollow, but he was second there, wasn't he, in the US Open as well. So he's – no, that wasn't the quite a hollow, but he's played well at quite a hollow in the past. So it feels like he's capable of being good off the tee, despite the fact you think he shouldn't be. Um, yeah. I quite like him. Um, yeah, I, I like it just because I think he's a little too expensive, which I think is a good thing for this particular scenario because a lot of guys around him are going to be very popular. Um, and I just think people I see 8,800 and there's, there's going to be popular guys above and below them that I think they'll, people would rather go to. And I think the bomber narrative is so pervasive this week that you might actually be well served to kind of take a couple of shorter hitters. And they're always on the leaderboard here too. Yeah, and just the fact that like he is, I've couple of him with like people like Mackenzie Hughes that just outplay distance for quite a lot of the time. I know Mackenzie Hughes, as we discussed a couple of times now, is gaining distance, but previously that's what he did. But he's been like inside the top 17, 18 in strokes gain approach in like three of his last four starts. So his irons are great. It's just, yep. it's just whether he's going to set enough opportunities up, I guess. Um, either side of him are Jaeger and, and Ludwig Eber, who I guess both are going to be popular. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Aberg again. Um, uh, I, I know I'm not going to be alone on that. I do think 
his high price will mitigate some of that ownership and keep it reasonable. I still think he's going to be 17, 18% range, but I think that keeps it down a bit. And I, I love him for this course. I mean, he's great off the tee. Uh, in his last two starts, he's gained over six strokes and over four strokes on uh, off the tee. And uh, he's not. it seems like he's been a decent putter so far. Um, I like that it's a weaker field now where he can kind of, I, you know, it was tough to see him win in an elevated event. I think he could maybe win this thing. I don't know. Um, I'm going to be playing him. I 100% think he can win it. I just don't think he will. And I think that when I've got guys, like I, I genuinely see Harmon winning over Aberg and I see, I mean, I guess Aberg's more likely than Jaeger, who I like, but just can't get to at the moment because I don't think he can win. But we liked courses. And Oxford Open is first and second there. The Wyndham, he's played well. Um, Jaeger, and he's played his fifth here. So considering how well he's played, like I think Jaeger's a really good play. I just, the winning equity is not there, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think he's a good play too. Um, Jaeger, how popular will he be? Not too popular. He's expensive, which I think is I think you could I mean a similar argument for Harmon. I think um, the high price could keep the ownership down. So I think it's probably a good pivot uh, instead of Aberg if you're looking to looking for that. And I love Chris Kirk. Eighty five hundred. Yeah, good course history. Good course history. Plays well at the Texas Open, which I like. He's probably played well at that Knoxville Open. I think he's won that Knoxville Open, actually. Um, just double-check myself on that. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's won that Knoxville Open that we've been talking about. Um, so everything about Chris Kirk, I, I really like. I mean, I've liked him all season. I've been pretty high on him, and I know that it's kind of going the wrong way a bit. But I think it's just – we've talked about this before, where you've got a string of events that – you're not expected to do very well at yeah like Chris Kirk's won and finished uh, lost in the playoff at the Knoxville Open um, he's played well at the Wyndham which you like to see and he's played well in this so I don't really envisage uh, a point where Chris Kirk doesn't at least finish in the top 20 I think yeah I think he's I, I agree with you I think he's a really good play 21st so he was he was the 36th hole leader on his debut in 2020 and he finished 21st then he was 12th when he was third at the halfway stage. And then he was 17 last year when he was ninth going into the final round. So he's genuinely been inside the top 10. He's lived inside the top 10 in this course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, like I think he's the other bit. Like, I know it's not the betting show, but I think he's the other one that I'll probably bet on. Like, he's not going to do well at the US Open. He's not really a memorial guy. PGA, he did pretty well at. Uh, the Masters, he did well at. I, I just think it's been a run of events. And the fact that he's, you know, won and finished 10th for the Valero. Like, you can't keep up that form forever if you're not kind of John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler. So, um, yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, me too. What, what is, where is betting odds? Like 60, 70. Like, it was pretty good. Like, like, that's what drew me to him. Like, he was in that mix of, like, 66, 70 to 1, where we talked about a bit, de- bit of a dead range, and he's, like, a winner, and the others aren't. Yeah, you know, I, I like it. So, yeah, Chris Kirk is, is, for me, in that range. And then we've got to talk Benny Ann. Like, the, the only concern I have about Benny Ann, which is what I have about basically everybody that we're going to talk about, is is he going to make enough parts to win at 25, 26, 27 under? As you said, really difficult to uh, assess when someone's going to be good with the putter. And he is streaky enough that he can be good at it. And I looked, and two of the three years that he's played played here, he was a marginal gainer on the greens very marginal yeah. like like but like that's all he needs to do to kind of contend like if you're in your head thinking he's just going to be even i mean he hasn't he's got to go and games like six strokes but 
like if that's your mindset this is probably the golf course that you can do it at and four of his last seven starts he's been inside the top 10 in strokes going t to green three of those times he was he's ranked fourth he's been eighth and 20th recently in strokes going approach um you know he's been inside the top 25 in five of his last eight events he was sixth at the valero which i love he's been third at the Wyndham in the past uh, I, th- I think it's probably the best opportunity benny ann's got left this season unless he goes and plays in europe yeah i completely agree with you i was in the um I was on the fence with him just because the number I thought he he should be 70, 80 to one. I was seeing like 60, which is okay, 65. Um, and I, I probably will add him because I have no one else that I really am, I'm thinking about adding at this point. But I uh, yeah, I like it. He ranks first in his last 24 rounds off the tee. Um, he's he's so good. Like he's he's lights out off the tee right now. Like he's he's up in the discussion of like what like the top five drivers of the golf ball at the moment. Um, yeah, which is wild. Um, He's not really doing it with his irons like you'd expect, but I just I just feel like it's the time for him to. We've seen it with like Grillo and stuff now, and and when he came into into this event, so he'd been 17th Memorial, 16th for the US Open, but he missed the cut of the Travelers and then finished 13th here. Then he finished third at the Wyndham, so he's like he's pretty up and down anyway. Like he's never really been one to kind of. Peak. But that year in 2019 is when he finished seventh at the Valero, third at the Wyndham, and then 13th here. So to me, that, that kind of summarizes those three courses for me perfectly anyway. Um, yeah, I'm starting yeah, to really like Benny. Yeah, I am too. He's good, Donald Ross. I'll t- I'm not looking forward to this event, to be completely honest with you. But if I have Benny on at 65 to 1 or in a DraftKings lineup and he's in contention over the weekend, I will have an absolute blast watching the event. But it's like, honestly, like it was it was horrendous viewing because of what he did. I've not been as engaged in a final round of golf outside the majors in as for a long time as I was with Chesh Reeve yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't have a 400 to one golfer in a mix every week, but I was living and breathing every single shot. And it's yeah. been a long time since I've done that. And that's, that's because even when it's been like, like we've had winners, like five or six winners, like, but they were like 30 to one and they were kind of in the lead and but like Ches needed to keep pushing and Keegan was kind of coming backwards. And like, it, it was just, I loved it. And I think, that is about the only thing that's going to get me to tune into the Rocket Mortgage Classic. But if Benny Ann's the one that does it, then great. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Let's do it. Cool. Um, let's not go one by one anymore. Any more that you want to talk about any Ekrote? Yeah, I like Ekrote. Um, he kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. He's he's um, All of his good finishes have been on bent grass. And that even goes back to the corn Ferry tour he's uh he did, was i think he won in illinois won in indiana kind of a, a middle of the country guy um and his stats have been really good i mean outside of i think maybe one start he's been gaining strokes on approach uh and i just think this is a you know he's done he was a good player on the corn Ferry tour too so i think um birdie fest are probably gonna be up his alley uh, eventually and i think he's a pretty good player in terms of prospect profile uh he was one of my one of my 10 players to watch when i wrote this in like 2020 so uh, I, I like him. Yeah, I think, like, is he just, is he this guy that's been slightly forgotten about over the last couple of years because of the people and now he's just suddenly coming good and and that's it? Like, he's always meant to be this good, right? Yeah, and he's still pretty young. He's only 24. So that's like, what I mean. Like, it's not like he's, it's not like he's 30 and we're talking about untapped potential. Like, he's still, there's some people that come off, like, start their careers at 24. It's Yeah, I mean, Aberg's like, 23. Yeah, and, like, wasn't Scotty Sheffield, like, 25 before he did anything? 
Yeah, maybe even 26. Yeah, he's definitely 25. But I mean, Eckroach, second, 16th, 30th, 10th, 24th, his last five starts. Like, this is not us saying that Eckroach's going to be Scotty Scheffler, but it's saying that probably believe the hype and this could be sustainable. Because I, yeah, I think this is what people think about these golfers is like they get hot like this and they can't sustain it because they haven't seen them do it yet. But they've it has to start somewhere. Like, right. it had, well, like this could be the start of him winning and then being a regular winner on tour. Right. What we're saying is we don't know what he is yet. Yeah. Like there's still a ceiling to be found. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that we've found his floor yet, though. Like, I still think he can just miss cuts, which is he annoying. He he. he he doesn't at the random, moment. <laughs> yeah, he'll randomly spike with the putter. And I did hear someone, uh, so he gained 7.3 at Byron Nelson, and he gained 5.6 putting last week, finishing 24th. I did hear someone say that the the um, the bent grass POA mixed kind of type greens that we saw last week at Travelers, we'll see again this week. Um, so maybe that 5.6 game at Travelers could mean something. Well, like he, for the last six weeks, he's been desperate to find a putter to match his ball strike. And then when he found a putter, his ball striking him down. Like, it's just a typical golf thing, right? Um, yeah. And then like Adam Hadwin. Like Adam Hadwin, we mentioned he's been fourth here, fourth at the Valero. I'm sure he's done something in the Wyndham in the past as well. Um, and you like Adam Hadwin as well. I do, I do. I was looking at betting him. I think he opened at like 70, then he was down to like 50, which I don't think is very good. There's more of a gut feel, and I know what you said kind of backs it up a little bit more. It makes you feel better about it. He's going to be very low-owned, which I think is good. Um, but he's starting to play well. There's, uh, I, I don't know why. He's kind of like in the Troy Merritt mold. The guy who's been really good here. Um Last two starts, 5.7 on approach at Canadian, 2.6 at the U.S. Open. So I think he's kind of kind of uh, finding something. Fourth at the 3M Open, everybody seems to like you know, because of this, because of Bryson and Matt Wolf doing what they did there as well. And obviously Tony winning at both. And he's been 10th for the Wyndham. So, yeah, I like it. I think he's a, a good play, Adam Hadwin. Sevens. Let's just, let's just pick our players here because we're, we're, we've had a – Busy chat this week um, without actually making yeah. as much progress as normal. Um, high sevens, who are your favorite plays? High sevens. I like, um, huh, according to this, I like nobody. <laughs> I, I don't really like anyone in the high sevens, to be honest with you. Not Taylor Moore, seven nine. Uh, like I, I think Justin Sir is due, but he's not been good here. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Moore's missed three straight cuts, 72nd of the PGA Championship. I know he was good here before, but I just – and he's, he's probably going to be the most popular of this range. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think I need to because I'm playing on at 82. I'm playing Howard at 81. I'm playing Eckhart at 8. So what's the difference yeah, if it's not just sure. an 8 or a 7, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, in that case, you've kind of got – I think Ryan Bezween, how those types of people that can overcome the kind of distance off the tee and, and kind of get streaky with the puzzle, they seem to be doing it. Uh, Ryan maybe more so than Bezweed now. Spawn, after me declaring him like physically dead last week, actually did play the Travelers, missed the cut, uh, but he's got the form that I like. I like Mark Hubbard. I think it's a good bounce back spot after the Travelers. Um, just the type of event that we see informed players eventually get rewarded in, and he's playing really well. Yeah, he... Um... He is, yeah. I, I don't think we're gonna get the ownership discount that you'd hope after a bad start. No, because uh, I think he's he's not really going under the radar. But approach-wise, he's been awesome. I mean, even even when he missed the cut, I think he was pretty good. So I, that's, I, I that's the only thing is it's just it is just the approach. There's not really anything else. Yeah, and he's he's not really turning it into the best finishes. No. Um, so like. 
I mean, I guess you look at sixth at Canadian Open, ninth at Colonial, and you think, okay, you can contend here. Eleventh at Heritage, you can contend here. So, I think he's doing just enough. Uh, I've bet him at eighty to one. Don't feel wonderful about it, but it's just it was one of those weeks where I struggled. I looked at Brendan Todd for the same sort of reasons. I think just people that I think can win in this kind of betting range and you know salary range. And I, 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 yeah, I like Todd. I'd rather play Todd too because he's going to probably be about a quarter of the ownership as Hubbard. And uh, he seems like one of those kind of eclectic leaderboard type guys. You'll see a couple bombers and then Todd or Merritt. And he seems like one of them. Yeah, but he's just the same guy in terms of form and, and quality, but just not as fancy. Yes. What do we do with Doug Gim? Uh, I'm going to do nothing with him. But like, didn't I have this discussion last week that I thought he was he was going to be pretty good? He was like 32nd yeah. here. Uh so he's only made one cut, but he's off the tee. He's been electric, 30th, 13th, 17th, first last week off the tee. Um, his ball striking's great. It's just yeah. he is that shorter hitter that hasn't won anything yet that makes you think, can he actually win? But he doesn't need to win at 7-4. Right, you're right. I don't I don't think he can win. Um, but, yeah, 5.2 last week at the Travelers on off the tee, which is really, really, really good. Came 15th. Um, he's not a guy you expect to win by gaining strokes putting, which, you know, he isn't, again, he doesn't need to win. Um, Canadian was good. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't realize how good he was playing when I said no. So, uh, he's, he goes to- he's playing really well, like yeah. 27th, 19th, 12th, 15th. He was actually 16th for the Crellers before this run, 27th for the Valspar. It's just that his putter has been ice cold. He's lost in four of the last six starts. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. in, even in the two starts where he's he's played really well, it's just his ball striking and the around green's been really good. So everything is firing except for his putter. Uh, if he can find anything on the greens, then great. Yeah, I still think I'm going to sell high. Yeah, like it. Um, Ad, Adam Schenk, I think he's an improver that could play well here. Yeah, I looked at him a little bit too. I I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I don't like, I mean, he missed the last two cuts, but that was the US Open and then an elevated yeah, like, event. So. Like he's, he's not going to do that. Like second at Colonial, seventh at Memorial, second at the Valspar. Just, it just feels like as soon as there's a drop in quality, he's there at the moment, which is yeah. a good thing that you like to see. Seventh in the Valero Texas Open, which I like, obviously, at the start of the show. Um, there's not really much else to it other than the fact I just think he's a bit of an improver who can win uh, 11th and 6th the last two times he's made the cut in strokes gain approach and he was 10th and 18th though two weeks in tee to green you look at his uh, form here he's three out of four made cuts he was third after round one on his debut uh, he was better placed in the second start he was 19th after round three and then he was uh, 21st after round two two years ago so he's generally firing pretty good rounds here he's getting into the 66s a couple of times i don't think you're getting many golfers in this 7k range that have got second and seventh in the last four styles yeah i i agree um i like him can, can you go back to Chez this week mm, yeah i can but like i won't do it as betting because he's gone from 400 to 80 but here why not I mean, there's not really much not to like. He, I know he had a bad final round, but he still gained three over three strokes on approach for the week, gained putting, gained off the tee. In his last 
two starts, 25th and fourth. Like he's not a bad player overall. He's a guy who can kind of get hot in stretches and I don't see why he can't come 20th this week. Opened with a 65 on his debut to be fourth after round one, shot 78 to miss the cut. Opened with a 68 two years ago to be 21st, shot 74, missed the cut. So hopefully he just puts two rounds together and actually makes the cut and then I think anything can happen. Which I quite like. Like I, I think I think there's like he was he was good off the tee last week. Like yeah, visually like he was he was in the drive really well. He just couldn't put his approaches close enough, and that happens sometimes when you go 63, 63, and whatever he'd done 62. So like he just played so well. It's another guy like multiple top tens at the Valero Texas Open and the Wyndham. Just everything that I like this week. And whether I'm I'm gonna have to go in on that narrative because I believe in it. He's won the Knoxville Open. So the three courses I like, he's got sixth, ninth, and a win. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like people think because he didn't win last week, now he's not going to play well. He's like, I'm seeing like 5 6% ownerships. He's cheap. He's playing really, really well. I don't think he's the type, especially because he's had some success in his career, where he's going to say, oh, I played bad in the final round, and now I'll get down on himself, and now it becomes a mental thing. Like, I think he was, he's fine with he, was he was literally fine. Like yeah. he, he didn't look bothered. Like I, I couldn't believe someone could be so shit on the final round when he had a chance and be as happy as he was. Like yeah. he seemed pretty good. Like he's been out there for 20 years or whatever it is, and and won three or four times. He knows he's not gonna win very often. Like, I think he just gets it. Um, and maybe yeah. that's not something you want from someone that you're betting on. But when he gets me 80 to one just for placing, I, I don't really mind. And yeah, I think he's perfect for this. And the other guy at seven to like is Lee Hodges. It's got a sick for the Valero Texas Open. Um, and I genuinely think he's one of the, a bit like Mark Hubbard, but I think there's actually a little bit more substance. Um, you know, he was he was sixth and 14th. So the 14th came on at TBC San Antonio, but it was in the Corn Ferry event. The sixth came in the Valero Texas Open. I backed him at Memorial, uh, backed him, sorry, at the Canadian Open based on what he'd done at Memorial when he finished top 25 again in Canada. He's made eight of his last 11 cuts. And after 36 holes last year, he was third place within three of the lead. He just shot a 77 on Saturday. But it strikes me, Hodges, as like he's coming back and realising that he can probably hang around a bit. So when he gets into contention over the weekend, he won't. I still don't necessarily think he'll win, but like I think he can hang around for like those fifth, seventh place finishes, I think. Yeah, no, I like that. It makes some sense to me. Um, in the same mould, I kind of like um, Kevin Yu. Yeah, he's come back really like I was really intrigued with what he done last week just to see how he came back after a long layoff and he just went straight back to to what he does. Like he was he's tenth so good after two team. rounds. Yeah, like tenth off two rounds, finished 49th, but I think that's just a bit of rust after being out for so long. Um, the only thing I didn't like, he hasn't been playing. He's like he hasn't played a Wyndham, hasn't played Texas, so I didn't have anything to base it on. But if I'd have seen him have a top ten at one of those, I'd have literally bet him as well. So. And I know quite a few people have bet him this week, so I think he makes a lot of sense. I don't even know that people did, but I'm I'm starting to think about it now. The further that I look into it, um, just I mean his off the tee numbers are unbelievable. He's still only 24 years old, so we don't know what he eventually could be too. I mean, um, I I think he's he makes a lot of sense this week. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I talked about how much I liked Will Gordon last week, Mr. Cut, but I still think he could come back and do some. St- Something here. Um, otherwise, uh, and Pat and Kaziah for some reason came up to me. I don't necessarily know why. Um, I never quite trust when Kaziah comes up, but he was 25th here two years ago when he finished with a 64. And I just feel like he's actually playing a little bit better golf right now. So 30th 
at the Byron Nelson, I think it was. And he shot a third round 64 to be eighth going into the final round. He was 28th halfway at Colonial, finished 48th. He was 32nd at the halfway at Canadian, finished 38th. Like he opened for 67 last week at the Travellers, sitting inside the top 30. He's he's flashing a little bit because Iron, he strikes me as a type that when you get these easy events, he can just kind of flat track bully it a little bit um, and get hot. I don't know if it's just going to be one round, which it probably definitely is, but it's, you know, there's another guy who's got top 10s at the Texas Open. Yeah, no, he is the guy who he can definitely come in last. He can win. I think he's capable of winning the event. Um, yeah, he's he's always a risk for me. I, I feel like every time I play him, it doesn't go well, but I do. Uh, I think he is a high ceiling guy. And then Carson Young is the obvious one. Everyone's going to play a 7K. Yeah, let me see what he he's looking like. Um, Carson Young. Um, yeah, it looks people, like people probably... People actually believe in him now, though. Like, and you have to. 14th, 21st, 43rd. Mr. Cuddy was opening him 15th again straight away last week. Finish yeah, I don't reading. think he, it'll be out of control, um, actually. I think he, you know, relatively in check, uh, sub 10%, maybe. Uh, good putter. You, talk, you want a good putter. He, he gains strokes putting every single week. Yeah, I like Carson Young a lot. Like, if the ownership's down, then I'd be playing him. Like, it just feels like it's the sort of event that he could eventually go and win because eventually your form's got to be rewarded. Yeah, yep. I don't think we need to talk too much 6K guys here um, because of the way that we're going to roster things, I think. Um, but is there anyone that you particularly like in the 6K range? I guess we've got to talk about the benefit of the show, but like... Yeah, I, I kind of like uh, Vincent Norman. Just he absolutely pumps it off the tee, and he's kind of fits that mold of guys who have have done well off the tee. He's he's um, missed his last three cuts, but Canadian Open, U.S. Open, Travelers. Yeah, I don't know if that really completely applies to what we're going to see this week. He was good before that in Mexico, which another kind of a wide open course. Byron Nelson, um, not good at Valero, so that's not good for your comp. But he's kind of the one guy that caught my eye at, at the very beginning. Yeah, I think I think like I don't want to get too carried away in the comp myself. It's just one of those ones where like I feel like because it's such a difficult week, I wanted something to go by, and I've just stuck to it. Callum yeah. Tarrant's popped up a couple of times. That's quite interesting. He's good off the tee. What about Charlie Hoffman that played well through two rounds that he was open? He was twelfth and then sort of faded away. Shot a sixty-seven to have a go at making the cut of the Travelers. Uh, he was nineteenth. Was he nineteenth? Uh, that was the Jura Classic, I think. 22nd at the Texas Open. Like, we know he's going to play well there. So, he's kind of playing some decent golf, Charlie Hoffman. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to be trusting Charlie Hoffman, but he was 10th here last year. He was 10th here last year. Okay. Um, and then you, you said he has the, the Texas Open thing, too. I mean, he's the guy, right? He's like, he literally owns the Texas Open. He's He's been like... First, second, second, third, whatever he's been, he he literally dominates the Texas Open. So if there's anything to that, then great. I think I'll play some some of him if I have to go down here. He uh, he plays easy courses much much better than he plays hard courses. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like. Yeah, I like Charlie Hoffman. Lucas Glover, I was looking at a little bit too. Oh. Uh, that's that's like the really bad version of of Benny Ann. Like we've got question marks about Benny Ann. How do we trust Lucas Glover? Like he's just a he's just like Benny and like he's like whatever. yeah but he's like Benny Ann if you like recreated Benny Ann on a, on a computer game yeah 
well, he has he has less of the um endearing qualities. Yeah, too. and he's and he's not cool. Um, um, yeah, he's not he's a not cool version. Um, unless you think getting beat up by your wife is cool, but uh, he uh, I don't know. He was really good at the Canadian Open. I think I played him there actually. He was uh, he finished twentieth. Gained 4.8 in approach. Wasn't good last week at the Travelers, but he did gain 2.6 off the tee. I think he's just really consistent off the tee. He's really cheap. Um, I'm sure he has some Texas Open form if you're looking for that. No, I'm sure he does. Like He's got yeah. form everywhere because he's been out there for 55 years. Fourth in 2021, 18th in 2022, 14th in 2019. Yeah, he's great there. Uh, yeah, good. So Wyndham, sure, yeah, he's I, probably played with that as well. Has he won yeah. the Wyndham? He might have done. Yeah, I like Lucas Glover. Why not? I mean, look, we're talking about Lucas Clover and Charlie Hoffman on a Monday night. It's 11 p.m. for me in the UK, and I'm, you know, basically done talking about this tournament. But I'm with you there on that. Sam Ryder. I don't know what else I want to say about him, but, like, he was 24th here last year, 13th going into the weekend. He was third at the Valero Texas Open earlier this year. What's he been doing lately? Has he has he fallen off a cliff though? He was like, yeah, he, like he he's died. Like he was he was twenty uh, third at the halfway market memorial, and he's four cuts either side of that. But I just think it's the type of person that was again we're looking at someone that was felt a little bit like Adam Schenk, like he was improving and then didn't really get there. Like he wasn't he like fourth at Tory and he had a chance to win. Um, had that chance to win at the Valero earlier in the season. I mean, look, this is a guy that's had a fourth and third and a fourth this year. That's all yeah. I'm really thinking about. And one of them is at the course that I like. Yeah, I like it. My only concern is that he just completely lost it. My concern is just he's just shit at golf. But yeah, like it. I mean, he gained a punch on the on the greens last week. Is a benefit, and his his approach game was great going into that travelers. He just couldn't convert. Yeah, uh, it seems like a high risk, high reward play. Jimmy Walker, there's been some talk about. I get that. He's probably another guy that loves Texas. Bear in mind, he basically just eats Texas out of steak, doesn't he? I'm going to play Troy Merritt. It's probably going to literally ruin everything that I do, and this is why I don't win on DraftKings. But he was seventh in approach last week. Wow. I didn't realize that. Like before he, obviously before he missed the cut, like he was, he was seventh after each round, is what I should say. Uh, I think for the first two rounds, uh, let me just double check that before I make a monumental mistake here. But I'm pretty sure no, I he, the, he, he was pretty good, wasn't he, for for his approach play? Uh, seven point five strokes. No, he lost seven point five strokes putting. Yeah, that's why. So he gained, is- he gained two point eight and two point seven, and it's over the two rounds in approach. Yeah. some point this guy has got to make a cut again. And why not a place where he has two top tens? And but he literally loves it. Yeah. No, I like and it. He, I think you can play him. I want him to be like 400s. Like this is what this is the madness. And I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna talk about his chess review 400s one for next year. But like he was 400s one last week and he was gaining strokes and approach and on the putting. And he'd been making cuts solidly, returning to a course he'd won at. He was 400s one. I know it's an elevated event. Troy Merritt has missed like 14 cuts in a row. Yep. He's only made one cut in 2023 that without a partner. That was at the Sony Open. And he finished 65th. And he is 250 to 1. I know the event's shit, but like, 
that to me just sums up golf betting in a in a nutshell. Like I really wanted to bet Tory Merritt this week. I just thought even the four hundred one. That and they maybe they're scared. He's maybe they saw the approach numbers. They're scared he's going to win. He's he's came close a couple of times. I don't think he was in like the best form ever when he was contending here either. No, like I I think he's just good enough to do well here. Um, now we're we're really not low at this point, aren't we? Like if, if you're going down here, you've built your lineups wrong. I think. Yeah, I think it's time to call it a week. Yeah, let's do that. Right, let's pick our favourite players because I would just talk here even though I don't want to. Uh, Ricky Fowler, 10-4. Best of the bunch at 10s? Or are you going to go Fina? Uh, I'm going to go Ricky. 9K, Hideki. Hideki, love Hideki. I think he's going to win. I do like Tom Kitt. Like, if, if there was an ownership between the two of them, would you play the lower owner or would you just stick to Hideki? I would stick to Hideki because I truly can see him winning the event. And maybe Tom can too, but Hideki's my guy this week. 8K range. I like Benny Ann and Brian Harmon. I do like no, Harmon. No, as Benny Ann and Kirk, sorry. Okay, I do like Harmon as a contrarian play. I like Kirk too. Um, I'm not going to go too high in the odds bo- uh, on the DK board here, so I think I'm going to be have a, a couple of plays in this range. Um, Benny Ann at the bottom is definitely one of my favorite. I love Adam Hadwin. Um, Eckroat's going to be crazy popular. I think Hadwin's probably a good pivot off Eckroat, so I'm going to go Hadwin. Yeah, like it. 7K, I'm just going to run through a couple of names. Reevee and Hodges at 7-2. Adam Schenk at 7-3. Uh, Brendan Todd and Mark Hubbard at 7-4, 7-5. I think they can all give you a run at some sort of top 20s. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Uh, Todd, I like. I've been playing him. He's been doing pretty well for me. I don't have much that I like in here. You convinced me on Schenk. I think he's Kind of a, a nice little play. Uh, and I don't see why you can't go back to Chez, 72. Yep, like it. 6K, that's, I didn't think I'd be talking about Charlie Hoffman on a Monday night in June, but I am. So here's Charlie Hoffman at 6'8". Uh, we didn't talk about Sam Bennett. Like, has Sam Bennett got the upside to win this event? Like, everyone's talking about Aberg, but, like, Bennett's great off the tee. Um, he's not as good as Aberg, but... Uh, no, nah, 20th at Canadian Open, fifth, 16th at the Masters, made the cut 43rd at the US Open, one really bad round. Like, he's got to be legit. Yeah, he's an asshole, though. He's so slow. Yeah, I don't um, care. It doesn't fit my <laughs> drafting design. It's going to take a while to, to sort itself out anyway. So, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, he does have the ceiling. You're right about that. He's shown that already, but um, and he does make a lot of sense because he's off the tee game, he's, he's very long. Uh, but like he, like he is the, the epitome of someone that can get hot with a putter and off the tee. Like he was terrible with his putter last week at Travelers, which is why he missed the cut. But when he's when he's got hot with the putter, he's been 20th and 43rd, and probably should have been better than that in the US Open. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to play Lucas Glover instead because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, that is psychopath behaviour. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at six eight, as I already said. Troy Merritt at six five. I mean, if we're playing Merritt and Hoffman, we're in trouble. But I like trouble, Matt. Uh, yeah, like, you know what? You've got to take some risks to win some of these events and to, um, you know, and now that I've won an event this season, I can say things like that, right? you got to take some risks if you want to win uh, win one of these things, and that's I'm going to take some risks. Like, I don't know, a guy like Lucas Glover, can he come in fourth here this week? For sure. I take a risk every single time I put a lineup in. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, <laughs> even my best, even what I think is the best lineup is just terrible, like... I'm I'm good at pointing out individual players. Rostra construction, probably not my strong point. Uh, yeah. It's funny on a DraftKings show. But 
and that's why you're here to balance out the bird. Um, yeah, I'm just put, just putting a line up together just now with some of the stuff that we've said, just to see what it looks like. Uh, this is kind of a little bit volatile, but let's have a look at it. So we've got Hideki, Tom, Kim, and Benny Ann in there, the three Asians. Chris Kirk, yeah. Kevin New, Charlie Hoffman. That's a lot of Asians because Kevin New is Asian as well. Correct. It's four for six. Yeah, I, it might be one too many Asians, but um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like Kevin New a lot. I think I kind of think we're betting him. I don't know. I don't, he's really grown on me. Let's go slightly more American because the Americans do do well in this event, obviously. Um, Had- I have a strong feeling Hadwin. Put Hadwin in there. Let's let's put that American Canadian Hadwin in there. Yeah, he's an American, right? <laughs> um, let's put Hadwin in there. Let's start putting in. Let's start going with like Hadwins and the Reeves. Hadwin Reeve, Shank. Let's start seeing what we can do. Starts getting a little bit dangerous here. Um, Benny Ann, Chris Kirk. Fowler. So you could have you could have Fowler, Hadwin, Benny Ann, Chris Kurt, Reevy, Schenk. Yeah, I like that. I mean Fowler, like I really just think he's like a lock for a top ten. I do. And what about playing Fino and Fowler? You could. It's it's tough to do, like in terms of like getting anybody else in. Yeah, unless you, you start playing in the merits and the glovers. That's Good where merit. these two players come in. Yeah, go Merrick, Glover, Finau, Ricky, and see what you have left. Seven, eight left for... Yeah, that's not bad at all. So we start calling that Adam Hadwin at eight, one, seven, five. That gives you Hubbard, Todd, Brendan Wu, Gim playing really well, Shank. Yeah, Shank, I like on that one. Finau, Fowler, Gim, Glover, Hadwin, Merrick. I could see that being the top six, honestly. That's the nuts right there. Glad you can. Matt, that's as much <laughs> as I want to talk about this fucking tournament. It, that was way more than I expected. I think like it's one of our longest shows, and it's the worst tournament of the year. Um, but so I think sometimes these spark a you know, longer conversation because it's so hard to to get right. You know, like Everyone kind of knows who to play at the Travelers' Championship and, yeah. the, and the thing. This is probably where you get the most important information. So hopefully we've done it credit this week. Right. Yeah, I th- I think it's time for you to get to bed, meet a time to go eat some dinner, and we'll move on. Hopefully, we win this week. Yeah, if we don't win this week, I'm gonna be I'm gonna look back at this night and go like, fuck my life. So yeah, let's hope we win some money. <laughs>